Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. For tonight's guest, I'm talking to Alan McGarry. Alan is a TV personality and he's appeared on a variety of reality TV shows, including Blind Date, Pulling With My Parents. Pulling With My Parents? What the hell is Pulling With My Parents, Shane? Never even heard that one. That sounds suspiciously rude. But anyway, Eating With The Enemy, which I've been on, by the way. I've been on Eating With The Enemy. Secret Crush, and most recently, Sun, Sea and Scalpels. On that show, which is now on RT1 on Wednesday nights, we hear from Irish people who go abroad to get a bit of work done. You know, surgery and all that kind of stuff. Alan did this for a little known surgery called BBL. And in case you didn't know, this is a surgery to enlarge your posterior. So we'll be talking to Alan, and he joins us now. Alan, hi, how are you doing? I'm very good, how are you? How's your bum? Fabulous. <laughs> and big, fluffy, juicy, jiggly, everything. Oh, jeez. So what do they do with your bum? So I didn't just have um, a Brazilian bum lift. I had 360 lipo. Um, and I went to a clinic here in Dublin called Amber Surgery. They're based in Dublin City Centre, but the surgery is based in the UK, that makes sense. So it's kind of a head office here. Okay, so your consultation uh, was here, I assume. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your pre-care is done. And what, do they do, yeah. what do they do during the consultation? Oh, they bend you over and have a little squeeze of it and everything else. <laughs> I wasn't that lucky. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, but if they so do do that, you just have to say them talk dirty to me before you do it. Yeah, when I tell you something, I've been locked up for six weeks, so at that time I wouldn't know what I've done. But um, yeah, I had my consultation, um, and yeah, and then obviously an assessment to make sure you are a suitable candidate, to make sure you've got enough fat, and yeah. So I had. So where do they take the fat from? They so they take fat from somewhere else and stick it in your bum. Where do they take it from? Exactly. So I took it from my stomach, my sides, and my back. So initially we were hoping to get like probably even one liter of fat, but we ended up getting three liters of fat. Um, which was surprising. I didn't think I was that fast. Right. Um, and then obviously that's injected to either your bum or your breast, which you can have. You have you know fat transfer to your breast. Obviously, I don't have breast, but I had it to my bum. And does when you're sitting on that, are you sitting down now? Like, I'm not sitting down now. So my lifestyle's kind of changed at the moment. I'm only three weeks after having surgery. So, so I can you not sit my... down? No, you can't sit down. No, well, I can sit down, but I have to use a very special uh, pillow called the BBL pillow. Um, so I like gonna... ring with a hole in it or something, is it? Or... Um, no, it's more like a kind of like a cushion that you sit on your kind of let on your uh, tie and your your bum kind of hangs over it. Oh, okay. So you don't put pressure on it, so it's not kind of hitting off anything. So when uh, when will you be allowed to sit on your bum? In the next three weeks. And when you're uh, yeah, well, okay, it's not too bad. Hello, well, I know some people do like sitting. So I'm assuming when you sleep, you have to lie in your well, well, they'll probably lie in your stomach or lie on your back. Probably just make it usual. Yeah, I lie on my stomach for the moment. Yeah. yeah. So when when you are allowed to sit on your bum again, does does that not to undo everything? Are you not squishing it? Well, not necessarily because it takes a couple of weeks for the fat to kind of you know get ready and get into the areas. But you yeah. do exactly. Well, you do lose up to thirty percent of your fat anyway because it's just nowhere for it or it's kind of holes or kind of just go. So for you to maintain the BBL, the Brazilian bum lift, is, you know, healthy eating, good lifestyle, you know, not taking the this and going out drinking every weekend and partying and eating takeaways, you know, going to the gym, eating well, you will cut, you will keep your bum in a good shape if you do it correctly. So it's not just going over here, getting surgery, and then that's just it. Oh, yeah. And what's your bum like now? Is it like Kim Kardashian or something? 
Is it like, is it, because I've seen some people who got bum lifts, right? And the bums can be nice things, but I've seen some people who got bums and they're, like, they're too big. Like Kim Kardashian, you could rest a pint of beer on it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they're a bit, they, they look a bit abnormal. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. But I don't see that. I think without kind of like, you know, discriminating different countries, I think the likes of Turkey, they kind of go with absolutely anything and they chant anything. With this clinic that I went with, you know, they took it very, very seriously with me. Do you know kind of way? And they made sure that I got the best results. They're, they're not about this kind of mad looking kind of results kind of job. They're not about that. They're about the kind of natural kind of enhanced look that makes sense. What was wrong with you? I know it kind of sounds where we have it. Yeah. Well, what, what was that with your bum beforehand? It was nothing. It was actually fine. I just wanted a little bit of enhancement. I'm never happy anyway, so right, okay. I just wanted to get it done. And you know, I really want my body contoured a little bit better. I work out in the gym. I eat well, but I just wanted my body just have a better shape, basically. And I just wanted it kind of to look yeah. More okay. Well, whatever floats your boat. And what other surgery have you got done in the yes. past? What have you got done in the past? Well, like, I've never had any other surgery other than just having the 360 lipo and the Brazilian bum lift. So, previously, I would have had, like, Botox, fillers, and um, PDO thread. I think I spoke to you before about that on the show. Which, oh, you were on, you know, and I remember you now. You were on before talking to us, weren't you? I think I remember you talking yeah, to us. Yeah, we won't talk about that. You remember that there was Duran... Was um, was there Zama? Yeah. What happened? You remind me. Oh, I speak to so many people. Oh, you had somebody else gone, and there was I, I don't know why I couldn't get a ward in. There was just it was all about cosmetic surgery. I can't really remember. To be honest, well, they all having a go. Are they having a go? Showered. <laughs> right. Uh, me having a go with you? <laughs> Were they having a go with me? Were they okay? All right. But here's the thing. Yeah, it was something to do with me. I was just a Okay, now you've been uneasy with the enemy. I've been uneasy with the enemy, which is a very interesting program in the way they produced that whole yeah. program, by the way. It was very weird. Um, I, I was yeah. on anyway. I was on the last season of it. And uh, I, to be honest, I thought they could have done better in relation to the one they put me on because they put me on with somebody who was reasonably like-minded, which kind of didn't work too well then. But anyway, mm -hmm. besides that, you went up, you know, I'm pulling with yeah. the parents, my parents. No, I've never seen this pulling with my parents. What is pulling with my parents? That's an old TV show. So basically, it's where your mother, your father, or friend controls your day. Right. So they're the one that takes over your social media, texts a guy or a girl to get you on a day. And then when you go on a day, you're wearing earpiece in your ear, and they've got a microphone, and they're hidden somewhere in a kind of like a trailer truck. Mortified. Controlling your day to what to do, <laughs> what to say, yeah, how to carry on, and things I have to do and you know no wonder why I was single and the bill single <laughs> so that's what I have to do on that show um, but yeah that's what the whole concept was they control your day and right. make you do things that you wouldn't normally do if that makes sense okay you were also on blind dates who was who was hosting the blind dates when you were on was that an RT too Al Porter oh okay that was that would have been that was a while ago, yeah. yeah. So he would have been, Al Porter would have been the host of that show. And, I'm, and by the way, can I just wait on that note, I'm delighted to see Al is back um, doing his one-man show again. Fair and I tell you something. Yeah. The most nicest person in the industry. Yeah, I met Al. And genuinely times. funny. Yeah. And genuinely kind. Yeah, and I like him. And I think I'm delighted for him. And I hope it all works out for him now. And, yep. you know, all in the past and move Absolutely. on to the future. Uh, now, what what is your obsession with reality TV, and how do you manage to get onto so many shows? Do you know what? I 
remember ever being in school and I just wasn't that kind of proper kind of student. I never wanted to go and work as a, I don't know, a construction worker or whatever. I'm not that typical kind of person. And I always kind of, I didn't realise I was doing it, but I always kind of probably manifested my life. And I always probably thought on my own little head, like, I'm not going to have a normal life. I want to be on TV. And I just started to kind of believe that I was going to have to visualise myself doing it. And then I got myself, I don't know if you know this, but I got myself on a show in the UK called Body Fixers. And it was my first ever kind of reality kind of, kind of experience. Right. And basically Body Fixers is where you go on the show when you've got an issue with your body. It could be anything. And I'm a natural ginger. So basically I was dyeing my hair black and a producer reached out to me and said, look, you look a great crack. We're just come on the show. What do you hate about your body? And at that time, I was only like 19, 20. So I didn't really hate anything. So I said, oh, I want to go back to Ginger. So they thought the whole story was great. I went on the show. They brought me back to Ginger. But I was like a normal kind of contestant. I ended up running them up in the middle of London saying, I hate my hair, Ginger. I want to go black. <laughs> Even though I went on the show to go back to, to, go to Ginger. Yeah. I was just, yeah, and I was just so naive. And I just want to be controversial. And I done it like that. And then just making connections. And then once you, like, even with the show, Sunski and Skateboard, I was approached, to be honest. Do you know the kind of way? Like, I was asked, are you considering having surgery, Alan? And I said, oh, absolutely. Great. What about, uh, no audition. Great. We yeah. watch on the show. I think it's the connections that you make along the way. Yeah, that they, well, they've seen you before. You know, yeah, they've seen you before. They've, they they know you're exactly. for Yeah. I've met these producers and cast producers before, and I'm easy to work with, even though... I might not look that kind of person. And they know you're going to entertain. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just one of those kind of people that it's just naturally just myself. I always have been, always will be. Um, and then, yeah, I get on the show and I was, you know, a brand ambassador for Amber Surgery, who are based in Dublin, as I mentioned. Yeah, yeah, you've given them a few plugs already. You can give them another plug at the end if you want. So. <laughs> Amber, <laughs> Amber Surgery, Amber Surgery, Amber Surgery, Amber Surgery, everybody, okay? So. Amber Surgery all the way, if anyone wants surgery, okay? I know. They I wouldn't see, I wouldn't do it, Alan. I'd be terrified. That and by the way, can I just say, I'm quite happy with my body. I'm 60, right? And I'm not... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at it now. I'm all I'm all I'm a little bit of a belly. There, just, it's not much now. Well, I can hear. Yeah, did you hear that? No, no. Yo, but look, if you if, if you're feeling happy, I always say, well, that's good for you. Yeah, uh, and I wouldn't, you know, that's why I'm not here to be an in, in, to influence people to have surgery. I've never have, never will. But you know, I just wanted people to know that. It's not like I went to Lithuania and just had surgery. There was a lot of pre-care involved. I was doing this auction chamber. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of this, but it's very big in the in America. A lot of big celebs go into it. I think Michael Jackson was living in a one. And this auction chamber really, really made a big difference to my surgery process that I had. I remember, I remember the picture of Michael Jackson. That's why I remember Michael Jackson in the auction chamber, yeah. Yeah, he was flat out in there every day of the week. He was addicted to it. Like, I don't know why you know why he looked so much but i can see why now because jenny whiny when i came back from surgery i was fine i wasn't in pain once my recovery has been fantastic you worry about it? Said the surgery when you know when you, when you were oh, going yeah. when you were going yeah. for us like you were you a little bit yeah. worried yeah yeah i i was and i wasn't really kind of telling people that because i didn't really want to put that kind of negative attitude out there so i i expected the worst to be honest i expected myself to come home in pain 
I expected to be like really down in the dumps, but none of that has happened. And I think I just prepared myself to feel that way. Right. But when I came back home a week later, I was just, so I was in hospital for two days. Through a day, I went and got a blow dry. Not about it to you. I didn't know what you were going to say. You know what I mean? I haven't been that lucky. I've been after for seven weeks, you know, preparing for surgery, coming out with surgery. And do you look at your bum in the mirror now? Are you look? Are you? Are you standing looking at your bum in the mirror now going, hey, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen, I, I, yeah, well, I'm a, I think I have body dysphoria. I haven't been the bad thing. I'm not really wearing the normal clothes that normally wear, like jeans. I'm wearing kind of baggy sweaters, t-shirts, because for a couple of weeks, you kind of have to wear yeah. that because you can't be wearing tight clothing. I'm also wearing a garment going to bed. Oh, well, I wear that 24 seven. Well, like a husband garment. That kind of thing, that kind of. Um, it's more like a compression garment that kind of, you know, compresses your whole body to make it more defined and sculpts and keeps everything in intact, I suppose. And you wear that religiously for at least two months. So I'm only three weeks in, so I still have a couple of weeks left in it. I don't mind wearing it. Yeah. It keeps me warm in the winter. Okay. But I also know it's giving me benefits to my body going forward as well. Right, okay. And and so this went pretty well for you, you know, and this TV show. Is the TV show still on, by the way? So I'm seeing the scalpels. Is it still on at the moment? No, it ended. It was a two-part documentary. So it was talking about, you know, the bad and the good of surgery. And there is, uh, and let's be clear, too, we want to tell people that, too. There is bad oh, stuff, absolutely. too. Yeah. Not lie about it. Of course there is. Yeah, and there was a lady on it, Michelle, from the North, who was a bit of a, you know, it, it all blew up. She was on Hollywood Be show this morning, a while back, talking about nearly dying after having surgery in Turkey. So she was the one that kind of, I met her in Belfast and as part of documentary and she showed me all the photos of how they left her and how she died and she totally taught me off the whole experience straight away. She mm. was like, look, you hand your money all the turkey all you want, but you're not going to have the experience at all. So there is bad things you hear about yeah. surgery as well. But I'm, I, well, I always you know, warn people about going to surgery abroad, um, not so much the UK, but certainly... You know, if you're going away to Turkey or Istanbul or any of these places to go and get surgery or Prague or wherever it happens to be, if you're going over to these places, always be conscious of the fact that, look, most of the time it's perfectly fine. You know, everything will work well for you. But if you come back here and you have an infection or something goes wrong, you know, you then go into an Irish hospital. They don't know what they've done yeah. in Turkey and it's really difficult for them to deal with it. It's like, it's like getting your car fixed. Yeah, it's like getting car fixed off one mechanic and it doesn't, something goes wrong, it's not right and you have to bring it back to another mechanic who has no idea what the previous mechanic done. So that, yeah. that's the, the way I describe it to people. So you really, I know it's more yeah. expensive to get it done here, but maybe for the extra couple of grand, it's worth it. Yeah, and that's why I was saying, I know you're going to kill me again for plugging them, but I'm not going to plug them again, but it's truth. That's one of the reasons why I went with Amber Surgery because they're in the EU and I felt as if anything does go wrong, I am, you know, I'm safer because I'm in the EU um, and they're based here in Dublin. They change your, your, your wound. They check your wound. They, you know, get your lymphatic massages done here. You get massages every week. They have to get a bone massage. You know, flush out all the top. A bit of both. So stomach, back and bum. Yeah. So it's just, it's, you know, it's a little bit tender because I'm still swollen. I'm still a bit very sensitive. But I'm not lying to you now. Once you get off that bed, you feel like a brand new person. It just really pushes everything out of your system. Mm. And it just helps your body reactivate again. So that's why, again, very lucky enough that I had that when I came home. Because when you come back from the, like, Turkey, it's up to you then to go and find. Yeah. It's going to look after you. Yeah. And yeah. 
I don't. I wouldn't want that. Oh, I, I, I know somebody. I know somebody who did go away to Turkey, one of those places. I can't remember which place they went to, but they got uh, a stomach tuck and they got some skin taken off, and all oh, because they'd lost a lot of weight and stuff. Oh, like yeah. And sadly, well, when I say sadly, they got a really bad infection and ended up in hospital in Ireland when they came back. Now, thankfully, everything is okay now. Jesus. But in saying that, you just you don't know. Yeah. So, but the other, the other thing as well is, it seems it went so well for you, Alan. Are you thinking of anything else now? Absolutely. I mean, I already told them, book me a flight in the new year. I don't know. When I was when I went over, I was supposed to get a bit of face lipo. Um, and I, I was on the show before talking to you about the treads that I had underneath my neck. And I didn't really get results from it. So the, the surgeons in, in Lithuania, he, you know, he examined my face and he said to me, have you had any work done? And I said, I had fillers. I had a bit of um, treads. And he felt underneath my neck and said to me, look, I can feel a little bit of the scar there. I just know if I start giving you face lipo, I could leave you with a really invisible, oh, sorry, visible um, scar. And he said to me, and I wouldn't recommend it. So I'm waiting for that to dissolve. And maybe I might get a little bit of chin lipo. Is, is there a point you might get to where you go too far? Because I spoke to Ali London. I've interviewed him a few times, Ali, and I know Ali very well. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with Ali? Oh, yeah. I, I, okay. I don't, know, I don't know what to make of... I know, Ali. Like, Ali's a lovely guy. He's a really nice guy. I get on very well with Ali. But Ali will openly admit, of course, that, you know, he spent thousands on surgery and and did a huge amount of damage to himself because he was never happy. As, you, as people may or may not know, Ali wanted to be a Korean woman at one stage. And yeah, that's how I know him. Okay. Yeah. And he went down the whole route. And thankfully, he didn't get any genitalia removed or anything like that. But he got all the facial surgery. He got all sorts of different things done and basically did a lot of damage to himself and then came to the realisation that he had a psychological issue. And now he's fine, psychologically. Um, but he obviously regrets having all of that surgery. So what I'm saying to you is, it's something you really have to think very deeply about when you start going to your face. Whatever about your bum, you know, because you can cover that with a pair of pants. But, you know, when you're doing your face, mm -hmm. it's something you really have to be very careful because you could do, we've seen the damage people have done to their faces. You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. But I think I'm, in a way, I'm happy I didn't get it done because I would have had to wear a bandage in my head for a few days, maybe a week or two, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be able to do much to your face, put cream on or even shave your face. So that is like a bit, a bit of a restriction for me. So when he told me that I wasn't a suitable candidate that day for it, in a way I thought, great, at least now I can cover up my body and I don't have to be, I don't have to worry about covering up my face. And as you said, yeah, your face is visible. It's very hard, it's very hard to hide it. Um, and if anything does go wrong, it's kind of on show, isn't it? If something did go really badly wrong, that's a psychological problem for the rest of your life. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got to be conscious yeah. now for the rest of your I life. Definitely, yeah, I definitely, definitely would consider getting it done anyway, just because it would stop me from going to get fillers or because once you get chin lipo or face lipo, it really does define and sculpt your face. So I just think, well, you know, it's better than just think, pain every month. Or sorry for interrupting you. But do you think that people who want to keep getting things done, say to their face or to their body or whatever it is, do you think it's a psychological issue? Do you know what? I don't know because I don't feel like I have. So mm. I couldn't really answer. Like I just feel it's just for me. It's just, I'm never happy. Like, that's what I'm saying. So you could give me a... You know what I mean? If you look in the mirror right, and, you, and you get some, let's say somebody who wants to get their nose done, right? They don't like their nose and they go off and yeah. get their nose done. 
for a lot of those people who've been interviewed afterwards, they look in the mirror after they've got it done and they're still not happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I, you know, like, I, I, I was a bit like that, but it's days now where I look in the mirror and I say, oh God, I'm looking good tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And then there's days look in the mirror and say, absolutely not. They get that photo down and I would never let anyone put a photo of me without me approving it. And my friends know that. I'd be like, give me a look at that before anything goes up. I'm just one of these kind of people that would always see a fault in me straight away before I see a fault in anybody else. And maybe because, okay, maybe I'm a little bit naive and vain that I just kind of think, okay, well, I want to make sure I look good and I don't really think about the person beside me that makes sense. And that's actually terrible of me to feel that way maybe sometimes. But mm. I always just make sure when I look at the photo that I'm looking okay and I'm looking perfect and I'm not really focused on the person beside me. But don't get me wrong, if the person's looking good beside me and I'm looking like shit, but that photo's not going up. That photo's deleted, blocked, everything gone. I know maybe that's the way I am, but I will. Is, is that not an issue then? Do you not think that's an issue? Because I can tell you, right, and I'm just being honest with you, I lost my hair when I was nine years of age. Yeah. I had alopecia. I lost all my hair when I was nine. And I got hair replacement yeah. then when I was about 30 or so. And even with the hair replacement, right, um, I, I'm very conscious from the age of, say, 15, right up to 30, and even to now, I hate walking past mirrors. I don't like looking at mirrors. I never like photographs. Um, I would think about having photographs taken. I'm not really into it. And even though I'm in the media, you'd imagine I'd be all right about it. And I appear on television on a regular basis. But I just have, I'm very conscious of it. And because I had alopecia, and that's an issue that I have to deal with. What I'm saying is, is so there is an issue that we have, as human beings, we, we do have a psychological issue with our appearance and what we think other people think about us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, no, I do. And I think I spoke about that on some and scaffold, whatever I'm about that, uh, about that. I think me growing up watching the likes of the Kardashians and being really involved in pop culture and, um, you know, adoring Britney Spears and they're all perfect I think that's where I get the fascination of making sure that I just look as good as them but I don't want to give anyone a soft story but I grew up imagine from Ballyferma ginger gay a little bit chubby freckled and then an all boys school and you know always not fitting in always like always standing out for the wrong reasons and I were you boys in school down calling me fat oh all the time like nowadays I think being gay, trans, bi, whatever, is kind of like a little bit better than how I would have been in school. And also, you know, being ginger is the fabulous colour hair. Like, everyone wants to be ginger these days. But I was, yeah, absolutely. And I always couldn't understand why I was singled out and why I was bullied. And I was even hanging around with friends up until I was 21, 22, who always put me down for being ginger and Whatever. I so are you? Are you trying to overcompensate for that now? Are you? Is that what you're trying to do? And I don't I mean in a bad way. But yeah, yeah. I think that's what kind of happened for me sometimes. Is that yeah. I always remember the word they said to me that, "Oh, you're never going to do it. Like you're never going to be this. You're never going to be that." And I think that always lives with me to this very single day. And I don't talk to those people anymore now. Hello and goodbye. But. I took them out of my life and I changed my life. I changed my appearance. I left dyed my hair, got a bit of work done, and I started to just feel better in myself. But don't get me wrong, there's going to be days and weeks and months that I just feel like, no, I don't like that. I want to change it again. But I think that's what happened to me growing up was people saying just really not nice things to me. And it's not, it's absurd because let me tell you now, I am stronger than ever. 
especially like as you know yourselves, you're in the public eye and you're on the radio and you're on TV. Like yourselves, you know if people say negative things, and I used to take it very bad where I wasn't able for it, and I'd be a little bit, you know, getting very bad anxiety going on Twitter when a TV show came out, what people be saying things about me. I used to like sweat, I'd be shaking the bed, I would be nervous, my stomach would be sick, I just have really bad anxiety, but I just overcome that now where I just don't care what people say anymore now because they do you're saying you yeah, but you're saying you don't care. And I went through phases of that too. I'd be on telly and some arsehole would put a comment up, something with his hair, right? And I kinda went, I don't care. But I did care. You know what I mean? I, I, I kinda put on this yeah. front that I don't care. But I do care. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I yeah, I I was very like that though, saying to people, Oh, I don't care. But lately, you know, like, you know, me walking around the city centre and having men, like, you know, grown heterosexual men throw slurs at me. I don't know what it could be. Most of the time, I don't even understand what they're saying to me. And, you know, it could be a sexual comment. It could be anything, the way they look at me. You know, I'm always that kind of person. I have to, as Panty Bliss once said, like, check on herself when she's walking out of her house, make sure she doesn't look too gay today. And I am still a little bit like that when I'm walking out. Why are you? I, can, I don't know you. So are you, are you flamboyant? Would you say you're flamboyant? I'd say you... I'm quite feminine, maybe, okay. in a way. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people are a bit, you know, unsure of my sexuality or unsure of my gender or unsure of me. Like, especially when I go to Turkey, I should look and get married and, you know, have kids over there the way they carry on with me over there. But that happens in Dublin now lately with me too, where... You know, men do stuff and look at me and, you know, really uncomfortably where I'm like, what are you looking at? And then I look at myself in the mirror and I'm looking again to see what is it that they're looking at? Like, um, and then, you know, my friends would obviously see nice things because you're sitting near that. It's like, oh, go away over that. A grown man looking at me like that. That's mm-hmm. not normal. So I just think I'm self-conscious, but you can't blame me when I'm walking around just being me. Yeah. That's someone wants to stop and stare. Yeah, you know, and it's a horrible feeling. I would never want a child in school to be that way, and it's a horrible thing because we're past that now, where anyone can be who they want to be. I think, and I still have that now when I walk in the city centre in Dublin, and it's weird because I'm in my own country, where I'm from, where I'm born, and I still have to check myself to see why people are looking at me. You know. Well, look, Alan, unfortunately, I've run out of time. It's been a very interesting conversation, but I'm delighted to hear you got your bum done anyway, and I hope it works out in the next three weeks. I hope it, it all heals properly and you eventually get to sit down again. <laughs> and, uh, and I can't wait to sit down again. And listen, take care of yourself and be careful going forward if you are getting anything else done. Make sure you have a good think about it before you do it. All right? Listen, Alan, thank, thank you very much, Thanks Steve. for having me. Have a lovely night. You too. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.